0: Welcome to another unrealistic '80s rom-com adventure episode of We Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. I have lost about 145 pounds. Yeah, I am a tiny habits certified coach, obsessed with Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas and Danny DeVito.
1: I mean, who's who is it? And especially with, in 2022,
0: <laughs> it's so so <laughs> so timely. And with me today is Donald
1: Weigel, and uh, I have uh, I am also one of your hosts. First of All All and I have lost about 100 pounds, and uh, we have now uh, kept it off for about as long as we've been doing this podcast, you a little longer than that, uh, Mm -hmm. which is like four and a half years for me and about five for you.
0: Great job! Yeah. I would clap, but I don't want to ruin the mic.
1: I feel like you set the bar really high for this episode. Did you I? Know, yeah, an unrealistic '80s rom-com like yeah. situation. Yeah, I, or whatever you said. I,
0: I don't know what I said. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Sometimes I half listen.
0: Most of the time that I am walking around, uh, I am not thinking about being inspirational or how to sneak in steps. I'm mostly just running down a list of '80s uh, movies, TV, and yep. music. Yeah might be able to be turned into episodes, and Romancing the Scone, it writes itself. <laughs> yeah,
1: D- Donald it really does.
0: Donald actually said, Romancing the Scone, so what What are we actually doing here? What's that about? <laughs> I was like, don't worry about it. It'll just, we'll just talk. It's fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, 90% of the time, Catherine comes up with a title, and then I'm like, that is a fantastic title. What is the gist of the episode? <laughs>
0: Just you know, it. I we have Sirius XM radio, and uh, the, I don't know if that's a brag. Is that a brag? I yeah. Don't know.
1: Oh yeah. Hey, we have satellite, <laughs> satellite radio, radio, everyone. Yeah.
0: Uh, if you believe in satellites, and <laughs> I'll be listening to the '80s station with our daughter, and I'm like, oh, that'd be a great song, and she'll just look at me, and go, not everything, just don't, just yeah. stop. Nobody needs that. It, it's fine.
1: I. It's funny. I had actually had to look because I thought maybe we had already done a romancing the scone episode <laughs> because yeah. it seems like it's right. There. It's like, it's right there.
0: Well, and every song or show that starts with what is like, I can just turn it into Walt. So, like, Walt's love got to do with it. What? That's not a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, Hungry Like the Walt. It's perfect. (laughs) So, you may see those down the road. Yeah. If you, dear listener, have any good uh, ways that we can just sneak walt into something please let us know
1: yeah please let us know we uh we would like uh, your suggestions as well yeah so romancing the scone other than being (laughs) other than being an an eddie grant song and uh a movie with uh those three aforementioned actors in it from the 80s uh what are we talking about?
0: How are we going to spin this into an episode? Yeah. Well, I, for one, definitely romanced a few scones in my life. Yeah. Uh, during our marriage. Yeah. Uh, maybe and, even before.
1: And you know, I think that a lot of us have grown up and and been told over and over again that food is love.
0: Yes. And that
1: we that we you know it maybe not romantically romance the food, but <laughs> certainly uh, we've all. Had those situations? Uh, well, I assume we all have had those people in our lives who who express their love by giving us food. Yeah, and that we would oftentimes um, feel. That if we didn't accept that food, they would get upset at us and feel as if we didn't love them. Yeah. Yeah. And we – a lot of us grew up equating love and family with food.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, and so many things – I mean, I'm going to blame Chef Boy R.D. No, I'm not. No, but it's just – thinking back, He loved me so much. you know, like, if my mom actually, you know what, I never got to, okay, this is a whole different thing. I, I always wanted Apple Jacks cereal and my, <laughs> my parents were like, you won't like it. And I've never even, I think I, I finally got Apple Jacks like a year ago and was like, they lied to me. I love Apple Jacks. Really? Cereal. Oh
1: man. It's See, because really so I was about to say, you. I was about to say your parents were not wrong. Apple Jacks are fine. No,
0: they, they're good. They're, they're
1: just fine. I know, but
0: you're not like a fruit guy. You're more
1: of, anyway, i love real apples i eat real apples all the time no but
0: like we're uh you know okay fine i'll blame norman rockwell how about that yeah the big family meal the sunday supper the baking with your grandma it all leads up to one memories about our childhoods yeah is great but also for those of us with uh food disorders eating disorders traditions around food can be very complicated because we want them uh one we want to carry on the family traditions i'm i'm using air quotes right now but also i really like food so i don't i kind of use my heritage as an excuse to eat food make yeah. food
1: yeah for sure i uh i remember um years ago listening to the radio uh when that was a thing <laughs> And, uh, oh, is
0: that something like satellite <laughs> oh, radio? Oh,
1: yeah, it's like this was not
0: familiar. This with was the radio. This
1: was like the ancient, like it sounded like an <laughs> old Victrola-style radio instead of the the crystal clear satellite that we have now. Um, it, it was an NPR story about a woman who was trying to go for um, uh, a year, I think, without using any single serve plastic containers. Uh And she, um, she was saying that like the culture she comes from, they have to have sour cream with everything all the time. And so she couldn't find any, you know, not sour cream in a non-plastic container. And that was like, that was the big struggle, you know, but it occurred to me at the time I was sort of like, well, like really everybody in your culture like has to have sour cream all the time. And I think that That a lot of people have grown up with those notions, though, that, like, it's not a meal if you don't have, you know, X thing in it. Like, it's, you're not, you're not doing a good job of providing for your family if you don't also have, you know, blank, super fatty food involved.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, I definitely grew up in the, you know, meat and potatoes and, you know, loaf of bread on the side with butter for dinner. But also those things about, you know, oh, well, in my family, like, we love, pot- like, our culture loves potatoes. Everybody loves potatoes. Yeah. Oh, well, exactly. in my culture, everybody What ba- like, you know, everybody likes eating a lot of carbs. It's not, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not, yeah. and it's not, it's also not inevitable. It's just part of our identity. And so many things about identity in our lives evolve. Like, you know, I identify as an elementary school kid, uh, a Wonder Woman wannabe. That that has yeah. gone on. That hasn't stopped. But, you know, I'm a... <laughs> yeah. I'm a high, no, that,
1: that Wonder Woman thing is still happening.
0: Yeah. No, but, like, I'm a high school rebel, man. I'm a yeah. burnout. I'm a whatever. Oh,
1: man. You're a band geek. <laughs> I, well, and I, and I thought I was such a rebel also. And, you know, I was just like a kid. like everyone else.
0: But for me, I identified and I I think some people put labels on us or we put labels on ourselves of I'm a bookworm. I'm uncoordinated. I'm the family fixer, the life of the party, the baker, the gourmet, the foodie, the wine connoisseur, the you know, I'm Polish, so I love pierogies. And you can't disconnect the two. And it's harder To break away from those, whether I was an uncoordinated kid who wasn't athletic, who then was like, well, I, you know, I'm not a sporto, so I'll never be fit or like, well, I'm a foodie, so I'll never be able to lose weight. We carry these labels on ourselves and I think, you know, secretly we carry it half because we want that family tradition and half because we're people with disordered eating habits who really want an excuse to eat all the food.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I think we've talked about it before, how Donald and I kind of came up in two different versions of overeating. For me, I I was, you know immediately just wanted more food as I had gotten my first serving. Um, I know he talks a lot about sort of the clean plate club.
1: Yeah. And look, I think I was also, you know, probably born with a predisposition towards it, but you know, I, I think that a lot of us grew up with that notion of that there are poor, starving people yeah. elsewhere. And so if you don't eat all of your food, you're disrespecting those people. And um, and then, you know, these, the flip side of that was always like, you don't know when your next meal is going to come. Yeah. So you better eat as much as possible now because, hey, we're about to get in the car on a road trip and you might not have food available. So you better eat as much as you can. And I think... A lot of those notions, you know, really sunk in with me and became a problem as I grew up and and was unable to regulate how much I was eating.
0: Yeah. And I know both of us, too, had traditions of baking with our grandparents, which, you know, as they have as they have passed it becomes a way to honor a legacy of a family to carry on traditions of making food that might not serve you
1: yeah and my my grandmother used to you know teach me i was one of the only you know male members of the family only boys who was interested in learning how to bake with her and part of that was that i loved to eat the food yeah um but you know it it was a way for me to really bond with my grandmother. She was a super important part of my life. And, um, you know, I felt loved because she was paying so much attention to me and, you know, the family made the family happy that we were spending so much time together. Um, and she would make these large, you know, recipes of things. And then I would go away when I got a little older and then I would make them for a much smaller group of people and right. then have all of these baked goods to eat, like, all the time. And and so it didn't help <laughs> with my health and fitness part. And, and it was a way of, like, me feeling my grandmother's love, in yeah. a way.
0: No, for sure. And I used to bake babka with my grandfather. And I wasn't really into the cabbage rolls that they would make. Uh, but I would, you know, as, as a Polish American person, yeah, but sure did love the babka. I could just eat a whole loaf of it. And I think that those traditions go on. One, like you said, it's that quality time. And two, I love the taste of the food. But three, we carry that on as a tradition that we think, if we're going to honor those who came before us, if we're gonna honor our families, we have to carry on that specific tradition. And your grandmother was, you know, when I knew her was rail thin and she gave away all of her baked goods, but for us, you, like I remember, you made those delicious buns one time, and we like a batch of thirty-six. Yeah, delicious the, yeah. I was going to say, I, I
1: think a batch was was at least a few dozen of yeah. them, and there was just the two of us here, and so we were eating these like homemade rolls for you know breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a couple of weeks to. uh you know, to make sure they didn't go to waste. No, I you can't know. let
0: – because that would be a sin. I'm
1: making air quotes with my fingers on a podcast, but yeah.
0: But you found a cool article about uh, food and family. And- yeah,
1: there's a, uh, a website called goodtherapy.org, and a, uh, a woman named Deborah Klinger um, wrote an article called If Food is Love – How do I love myself?
0: Oh, dang. (laughs) That's all we need to say about it.
1: Which, yeah, even the title is a, uh, is really sort of an eye opening, uh, line. Um, she, she goes on to talk about, um, how, you know, people in our lives when we're growing up will express love through food. And when she talks about how when she's interviewing people, there's like a recurring theme of, you know, my mother or my grandmother would keep putting food on my plate even after I said I was full, and the, and it would hurt her feelings if someone didn't eat everything she gave them. And, you know, I think that we carry that into adulthood, that idea that, like, we're going to hurt somebody's feelings if we don't eat all those all that food. And, you know, she goes on to say in the article, if we are raised by someone who uses food to express their caring for us, by feeding us without regard of for how much food we actually need, it can become easy to confuse overriding our body's signals that we are full with being loved. And she furthermore says, we might confuse focusing on the feelings of the person feeding us rather than our own needs with love. We may find ourselves in relationships as adults where we subjugate our own needs to the other person's feelings yeah. as a result. And, you know, I think that... I think that I can definitely relate to that, you know, carrying that into adulthood.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I know for me, sort of the opposite is true. I know I've talked about the podcast, The Lazy Genius, and she talks about cooking for kids. And, uh, you know, it's like 365 days times three meals a day for your kid. Not every single one is going to be (laughs) like
1: a magical delight. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a party.
0: No, it doesn't have to be a party. But I know for me, if our daughter doesn't like something I've given her to eat, I feel like she's saying she doesn't like me. And yeah. that that might be another issue altogether. It might be all the other things. But for me, it's like, oh, she didn't like the you know the the chicken I made. I'm a bad mother. I'm <laughs> obviously. But I think that that ties no. into it. I'm it, not loved. It, if I'm it's not, it's
1: super difficult too. We talk all the time about you know how we need to be honest and set our set boundaries. And then if somebody does it with us, yeah. you know, with me, um, I can oftentimes you know take that really really personally. And then I have to like step back and be like, okay, they are asserting their boundaries. This is what I would like to do if I was in their situation. Yeah.
0: No. And if our daughter, you know, we are proud of her and say that, you know, we admire her ability to stop when she's full, to not eat something that she doesn't like, you know, or to, you know, to take a bite of something and then throw the rest out. But I grew up with those, you know, oh, don't throw that out. Are you going to finish that sort of things? So, and honestly, I don't know that blurred line between, you know, what I actually believe as an adult and what I carried over with me from childhood of, you know, oh, well, you got to have three squares or, you know, an apple a day keeps really an apple keeps the doctor away. That's not that's not science. That's just like a rhyme or whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And and I know that, you know, you were talking before before we started recording about how like people can identify as like I am the person who brings X dish to the party and people like praise me for it. And that's why they want me to come is because I bring that dish.
0: Well, and I know as someone who is an introvert, as someone who has been overweight basically her whole life, I found it really hard to feel likable. I had to bring a certain persona. I had to bring certain food in order to be accepted into a social situation. Also, uh, hidden, hidden surprise fact.
1: Um, <laughs> I love when you put your hand beside your mouth, like you're like telling like, a secret, yeah. like into the microphone. The se-
0: yeah. Um, but that, like, a real mother home bakes the food. That's how you can tell someone's worth is if it's homemade or if it's store bought. Yeah. A real, you know, if, if you're going to bring something to a second grade class, party, it's got to be the homemade cookies. If you're going to bring something to the party, it has to be the nine layer dip, uh, which uh, you know, no one asked me to do it. I just I, I made it. But oh, yeah, the secret thing I, I'm going to tell you the secret <laughs> is that I got to eat the leftovers. Yeah, I got to eat the half of the dough before I brought it to class and then made the smaller cookies. I was doing it and I was bringing the indulgent thing because secretly that's what I wanted to eat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We used to have a, uh, a big debate too about what counted as a layer in the nine layer dip like you used to make nine layer dip all the time it was seven (laughs) but we were always like okay now you put pico de gallo as a label as a layer like are the tomatoes a layer and the onions a layer and the cilantro is another layer
0: (laughs) well i don't like uh, olives so my nine layer dip never (laughs) included those
1: yeah it was really only seven or eight but it was advertised as nine which might have been part of the problem
0: right but we you know as people with disordered eating i always made the indulgent food, one, because that's kind of all I knew how to make. But two, like, you know, I'm not bringing lettuce to a party. Like, that doesn't make a party. But mac and cheese makes a party. Potato salad makes a party. Cake, whatever, makes a party. And being someone who you know, would eat thousands upon thousands of calories before getting to the party because I'd eat half of it as I was making it and then take home all the leftovers. That was just another way that I was adding pounds on the scale, choice after choice, party after party, you know, uh, family tradition after tradition. And it's hard to break away from that when you start deciding, like, I need to lose weight. But everybody's expecting me to make the chicken cacciatore everybody's expecting the you know sour cream and the mashed potatoes yeah
1: exactly you know
0: and if i don't do that everyone's gonna be mad at me
1: and, and i think that even on a more like personal not personal level but you know oh, a, a level personal. like with sandwich I'm, 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 I'm leaning in i'm, I'm <laughs> finally gonna give personal information on this podcast I would – I spent a lot of my life, uh, even as an adult, saying to myself that if I was going to make cauliflower, I had to buy a whole head of cauliflower. I had to clean it. I had to chop it. I had to cook it on a stove. And if I didn't do all of those things, then I wasn't – it wasn't real. Right. I I wasn't, like, eating actual vegetables. So, therefore, because it was all that work, I just wouldn't eat vegetables because I felt like I didn't have the time or the inclination to actually make them the, in air quotes, right way. Right. And so – it it was a real revelation to me to realize that I could just buy the pre-chopped cauliflower in a bag and throw it in the microwave for two minutes and it was still the same fresh cauliflower that I was eating and it was still great. And even if maybe it's like 3%, you know, less healthy in some way, which I don't even know if it is, you know, I'm eating it instead Instead of of, not eating it at all.
0: Yeah, no, those ideal... Habits or those ideal identities are really tough because we see things, you know, growing up on TV. Of you know, uh, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna blame June Cleaver now. I wanted you to put your coffee down so you didn't spit it out. So I, <laughs> not that it was necessarily funny, but like
1: we we were just talking before this that we that we need to like uh, charge a uh, uh, those drink helmets as yeah. a business expense so that we can successfully drink, drink on the we're... podcast without making any noise.
0: Yeah, but. You know, those like, oh, a good mom does this. A good, you know, a good picnic isn't a good picnic without potato salad. All of these sort of ideals and As people with disordered eating, we are just sabotaging our own efforts. And I've heard so many people say, I'm trying to lose weight, but I'm always the one that makes the five pies for Thanksgiving. I'm always the one who's expected to make the homemade peanut butter balls. I'm the one. And when we set ourselves up for that, it's almost like, you know, well, I'm, I'm married to the mob. I can't, you know, get out of it, which is, I, I don't think I saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Michelle Pfeiffer?
1: I don't remember.
0: You remember what it is? Yeah, Let us I'm, know. I'm
1: sure the internet could tell us. But I'm trying to think of like what what title we can use for "Married to the Mob" as another movie that we haven't seen. But we'll 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 wordsmith it. "Mayo to the Mob"? Or, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, that doesn't go. work. Okay,
0: please delete that. <laughs> not everything I say is good. Don does a great job editing. But even you know, growing up and watching the Food Network, and growing up. I I was like in my 20s. But like everything is like add a stick of butter. When you add a stick of butter and a pound of cheese, then you got your food. And it's delicious and it's amazing and it's decadent. And I had all the cookbooks. But when you cook like them – you start to look like them, and I know Giada De Laurentiis. I don't know what she does to not. I mean, I don't. I don't think deal she actually deal eats. with the devil. Definitely, yeah. Not that there aren't exceptions, but people with disordered eating habits making big decadent meals every night and eating all of it it leads to being overweight. And I had to disconnect myself from that. Like, well, if I'm a really good hostess, if I'm a good wife, if I'm a good grown-up adult, I'll make these indulgent meals. And it means I'm more of a grown-up if I do. I took a uh, cooking class with a friend at Sur la Table. Oh, Um,
1: (laughs) name-dropping.
0: Which means on the table. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but at one point, we did a, you know, a, uh, a bread class, and we did scones and uh, and biscuits. She was like, okay, after every class, make sure you go back and actually practice these at home. Sure, she made oh, chicken, and rough. she made fish, and she <laughs> made whatever, but I just focused on perfecting the biscuit. So I would come home after class and make delicious biscuits and a scones, and then I would turn to my dear husband, and I would say, dear husband, would you like a scone?
1: And I would say, no, th- Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he wasn't really into scones; that wasn't his thing. He's like, eh, nah, I'd rather eat something else.
1: Well, and also, there's always been this like I've said this before, but I I did you know keto, Atkins a couple of times, and so I I had this like demonization of bread problem. Yeah, and so like I thought that if I was skipping you know things that were made of flour, that I was you know being healthy, but, you right, know, but then, then I would then I chips. would go <laughs> and eat yeah, I would eat like all kinds of other like things that were you know making me overweight.
0: So I would bake a- you know, or maybe he'd have one to be polite, but then I would eat a tray of scones. I would eat a tray of biscuits. And guess what? I got up to almost twice as much as I weigh right now. And I didn't know how I make it. It's wholesome. It's homemade. It's there are no preservatives. Yeah, there's no preservatives. How am I gaining weight? And having that identity as a baker, as a home cooker, just got me to the point where I was you know, killing myself with it. And what we're asking, and you're like, at this point, you're like, all right, what are you telling me here? Like, how <laughs> am I going to get out of this? Is that I secretly wanted to do that to foster my food addictions. And we are not telling you to not have traditions. But what we are telling you is that you have the opportunity to redirect them. And it's okay to change your identity at whatever age you are, even if, oh well, everybody's gonna be upset if I don't, whatever, we have to start making decisions that help us become the people we are trying to be, not holding us back.
1: And just as an example, um, you know, talking about my grandmother teaching me to bake, like there's this part of me that thinks I need to keep making her recipes yeah. and I need to pass them along to to keep that alive. But she also was an Avid, and that's an understatement yeah. when I say avid. Fan, fan of the game Yahtzee. Aggressive <laughs> fan. <laughs> and you know, another way that I can, you know, keep her memory alive and keep the tradition going is to play Yahtzee, which doesn't involve many, many calories. Yeah. <laughs> and so there are probably situations like that in your life where instead of, you know, passing along the, the baking or the recipe or or making it the focus, you you make something else that the person was really into the focus.
0: Exactly. So the first question is, what is this identity getting you? Is it getting you accolades, love, the, those karaoke of traditions like Donald said yeah or is it also getting you leftovers and extra pounds which uh, it did for us for years oh yeah so the other question what what is your identity getting you the second question is what is it costing you it's costing you your health goals it's forcing you to rely on willpower to not eat all the food yeah. like well it's a tradition but I'm trying to lose weight but we have leftovers and I'm going to eat them all because it would be wasteful, wasteful. You can't be wasteful. Yeah. And you're tying your self-worth with the food that you make. And it is costing us so much. I mean, I didn't start this process until my 40s. And I just kept saying, well, everybody expects me to be this. This is what I want to be. I should be able to moderate. And relying on that should and willpower, it never worked. And I ended up just eating everything that was left over. Yeah. So what Donald was saying about those traditions and, you know, going from baking to perhaps doing Yahtzee is the traditions are not about the outcome. They're about the process. It's about the time you're spending together. It's about laughing in the kitchen or going for walks or something like that. It's about that quality time. It's not about specifically the exact duplication of the food that they make.
1: And part of this is realizing that if you don't make your signature dish and you show up at the party, the people there are still going to love you and still be happy to see you. Yeah. And, you know, it's not about the dish that you're bringing. It's about bringing yourself. And I know that that is hard to accept sometimes. And, you know, listening to this one podcast may not (laughs) just magically make you understand and accept that. But it will still be a fun gathering because you are there. It will still be. Christmas or whatever holiday, even if you don't make your, you know, 4,000 calorie surprise that you always make. Like really these events are about family and friends and the conversation and the times And, and they don't have to be food centric all the time. And that is really hard to adjust to, but it is true.
0: Yeah. And especially if you're trying to break, you know, we become like the people we are around. And if you are working on breaking a cycle of traditions that don't serve anyone in your family, you have the opportunity to switch some things up. And we're not saying that it's super easy at first to do it, but just like just going back a second, can you imagine someone coming to your door and you're like, Oh, you didn't bring your brownies. You know the party's canceled. I yeah. forgot. Like, yeah. Why do you... don't
1: you go back home until those brownies show up? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just go double check in your? Yeah, yeah, to see if yeah. See, there. If,
1: see if maybe if you spend another hour or two in your kitchen, you might find them.
0: Well, and going back to our episode 365 surprises, if you make every single meal or event and like a. 4 million calorie party. Yeah. You're going to pay the price for that. We're not saying give up every single tradition, but decide which are super duper important to you. If your grandmother made 10 different amazing dishes – Maybe pick one that you'll keep around for one holiday, not every holiday, but it's about exchanging one tradition to maybe having a different tradition, again, that still has the creativity, the time in the kitchen, the fun with the kids. It's not like you have to keep up every single thing, especially because you got disordered. Eating habits. So I'm whispering again. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's a secret. But I will start with one uh, tradition. I'll go back to the babka tradition that I did with my grandfather. What my dad has done, he has carried on the tradition of my grandfather's garden, which he was super proud of. He was uh, an amazing gardener. Yeah. And my dad now every year makes – he grows tomatoes and he makes amazing – relish, like, I know that maybe you don't know what a, a relish is, but these like chili sauces and tomato sauces, and he, he cans them and jars them and gives them to us as Christmas gifts. And it is like treasured, like, It is so delicious. It's so good. Sadly
1: for my wife, I can eat an entire jar of it in about three days. Yeah, it's
0: basically like gazpacho. (laughs) Like
1: like once it's open, I pretty much destroy it like immediately. Yeah.
0: So instead of, you know, raisin babka, my dad is carrying on the tradition with the relish, which is delicious. It uh, pays – homage to our heritage it's a wonderful process but it doesn't have that caloric you know punch that making loaves of bread for everybody because i don't know the whole loaf of bread for sure yeah for sure and for me also it's that like going from making like i'm the nine layer dip gal I went and started making, you know, especially for summer events, slicing up a watermelon and putting strawberries and blueberries on a tray. It's beautiful, and I still get that like impact visually of having something that looks really good, that's super tasty, that fits into my plan, and it, you know, and it doesn't sabotage my efforts and it's still something, it's a lovely presentation.
1: For sure.
0: And in winter, we were invited – well, winter. (laughs) In California, it was like 80 degrees outside. Yeah. But uh, we were invited to a Thanksgiving event a number of years ago, and I found a really delicious autumn salad to make. I know you're like, nobody makes friends with salad, but it was (laughs) really delicious. It was so good. And, you know, being able to modify and try out new things, you can still – bring and you know be festive without necessarily that caloric impact and we've talked about it before if we go back to holidays for candy it's like oh well you know for halloween i'm gonna get all the kids favorite candy i'm gonna get you know like oh for easter i'm gonna get the candy for whatever i'm gonna get the candy i can also buy candy that i don't like like i wouldn't need a twizzler if you if, you, if you <laughs> yeah. me. i can work in a twizzler factory yeah. and like it I'm would, always
1: glad when there are things that oh I don't gosh. like. Like, it's, it's you know, I, I love so many things that I, you know, have trouble avoiding that I really am happy when I don't like something.
0: Exactly. But, you know, you can buy things that aren't necessarily your must-go-tos. Because if every day is a party, you're going to pay that price on the scale. Well, also, we've talked about this at the holidays. It's like the kids love making cookies. If they don't make cookies, they're not coming to Christmas. Like, Santa Claus won't come. Why, why even bother? Mother. But you can do things like make gingerbread houses that you don't eat if you're fine with that. I don't like gingerbread, so it's fine. But you can make snowflake.
1: Well, plus you don't want to eat a gingerbread house kit anyway. It's, yeah, it's not good. Our
0: daughter did once. Donald got the best oh, photo. She of was her
1: so excited to eat this gingerbread house after that, like that had two weeks like out, sitting out after we made it for two weeks, and she took a bite and just look- it was the look on her face was amazing. Oh,
0: it was terrible. The, she was not the look pleased. of disgust. Yeah. So step away from making food treats and go into making a paper crafts, your papier-mâché, some sort of (laughs) (laughs) snowflakes or, you know, some sort of craft things. If you go to Paper Source or any of those craft stores, they have lots of different crafts that you can do. How many times can I say crafts? But it's about the time together. Sure, people love the sweets. Sure, have a little bit on the side. But don't make it the star of the show because the time that you spend together, the creativity, that's what matters.
1: 100%.
0: Well, and two, you know, we used to have the traditions of just sitting in front of the television for hours. You can change traditions and go outside and play Frisbee, go for an evening walk. If you do want to get a treat... Go walk to get a scoop of ice cream somewhere. Pretend
1: you're the Kennedys and play flag football in the yard on uh, on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sure, the Kennedys. <laughs> yeah. um, but we can switch things up. And sure, not everyone is going to want to be involved. But for me, I remember when I was in high school, a friend of mine i would go over to her place for dinner. And her family would always go on an evening walk around the neighborhood. And I was like, you mean you can walk outside yeah. like, and just – chat about stuff you don't have to sit and eat you know nuts while sitting at the table wow well, and
1: not to digress like this close to the end of the episode but you know that was that's another you know identity issue i always thought that i had to like go to the gym yeah. or or run or it wasn't real exercise and it turns out that you can burn a lot of calories just by walking and like when i had that revelation it was mind-blowing yeah to me. go
0: outside and catch fireflies if that's the the neighborhood you, you're in
1: you mean catching fireflies counts as exercise sure yes yes But please be
0: kind to Fireflies. Don't don't hurt Maybe don't do that, actually. Yeah, maybe just look at them. But that whole, like, going back to the the athletic part, but identifying with your culture. Oh, I come from a, like, you know, a fine lineage of couch potatoes. I'll never be fit. I was always picked last in school sports. Like, always, always, always. And growing up with that, well, if you're not born with it, well, you know, you're Polish, so what are you going to do? Yeah holding on to that identity. It I don't need to. I have become more athletic as I have gotten older and it's because I was able to let go of those labels that others put on me and the labels that I put on myself. We can still provide fun food, we can still try new activities and be a valuable member. We don't have to carry on that food is love tradition. And it's not like, well, if food is love and only rich food is love, then it's Is butter love? Like, so then it just gets down to like butter and sugar equals love. That's not what it is. It's about the fellowship. It's about creating new traditions, still honoring the past, but making it in a way as someone with disordered eating habits that actually fits into your plan because you like, and the the final punctuation on this, I have a final punctuation on
1: this. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. You
0: don't have to be good at everything. Yeah. You don't have to be the family savior. You don't have to be making the, the gourmet, whatever. You can do it in small ways and still matter. I don't have to be amazing at football, I don't have to be like, you know, the quarterback. I can just toss a Frisbee around the backyard. It's fine. I can blow bubbles in the backyard instead of whatever. It's fine. I can just deliver fruit and not be the, you know, family pariah.
1: Yeah, trust me. Look, I've spent my whole life not being good at everything. (laughs) You really can do it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and if we can do it, you, you can, can do, do it, it too. So let go of that idea that you are the beloved baker of the family, that you are carrying on these family traditions that are so important, because we're paying that price on the scale, choice by choice, day by day, select those specific times, and those specific foods that really matter to you, that on this rare occasion, you make a part of your tradition. But add in new traditions that will help f- your future generations. I'm not even kidding with this. Make new generations appreciate fresher foods, more calorically appropriate foods games of Yahtzee the kids love the Yahtzee isn't yeah. that the dance they do for Fortnite the Yahtzee or uh, that's whatever it's it. called it's
1: the Yahtzee <laughs>
0: <laughs> because we pay a price for every decision that we make what are those traditions getting you and what are they costing you because letting go of some of them can really help you achieve the goals that you want so instead of romancing the scone you can romance the skipping stones on the lake <laughs> with your family that was terrible <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh no. I've I, I didn't practice that. Does anything else r- r- rhyme with stone? No, no, no. We're just
1: gonna we're just gonna move on. Uh but please as you
0: stone fruit. There we go. As your
1: nope. No, nope, nope, too late. <laughs> as oh, you boy. A- a- as you are letting go of your other identities, please hold on to the identity you have as someone who listens to this podcast religiously.
0: Not everyone has to be good. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for listening and uh, as always we are grateful for each and every one of you and our episodes are available wherever you found this one and also they are available 24 hours a day 7 days a week on our website weonlylookthin.com
0: And if you are at weonlylookthin.com head over to the link that says join our support group and find out more about Wolt Place. We Only Look Thin Place is a Facebook-based accountability group for women. Uh, We are not a weight loss plan. We are a place for fellowship and support no matter the method of weight loss you are using. We have people doing Noom. We have people doing uh, calorie tracking, intuitive eating, We are plan agnostic, but we are a place for support. We do Zoom meetings multiple times a week. We've got a newsletter. And it's just a safe place for um, sharing your ups and downs, your boundary issues, food choices, all of that. So find out more about that. Um, And we have two subscription options. We have a monthly subscription with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Wool Place is right for you.
1: And if you'd like to interact with us in other ways, you can find us on social media at weonlylookthin on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can also email us and interact with us that way. Um, Our email address is weonlylookthin at gmail.com. And we would appreciate, uh, well, we would really appreciate compliments, but we also uh, like getting questions. We like episode suggestions. If there's something you want us to do a deeper dive on or something we haven't talked about in a while. Uh, get a fresher take on an old topic uh, we would like to hear from you we only look thin at com.
0: yep and speaking of hearing from you if you could head over to apple podcast and leave us a rating and a review not only does it make us feel good but it boosts our uh, algorithms or whatever they are the the zeros and the ones Yeah, yeah, all of those,
1: (laughs) the zeros and the ones. It's like a
0: matrix thing. I don't know what happens, but uh, it helps others find our podcast.
1: And if you could tell somebody about the show, that also really helps us out. Word of mouth is one of the best ways in which people find out about the show. If you're uh, with somebody that you think might enjoy the show, if it comes up in conversation, Or if you're in a in a group, a Facebook group, a Twitter situation, uh, you can uh, give us a shout out. We would really appreciate it. We sure do. And if you are still hoping for that Chef Boy RD (laughs) is Love movie starring Danny DeVito, just remember (laughs) that Catherine and I are an an inspiration. inspiration
0: Chef Boy RD was classically trained.